following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. The first Blue Cross Bowl tickets will be punched this week. How many national area teams will make it? We'll discuss that, give our picks for round three, and interview Green Hill coach Josh Crouch. It's all next on the Main Street Preps Podcast. This is the Main Street Preps Podcast, covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Here are your hosts, Russell Venozzi and Tyler Palmatier. Welcome into another episode of the Main Street Preps Podcast. I'm Russell Venozzi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier. And uh, we are getting into into the nitty gritty now, Tyler, down to the quarterfinals in Division One, semifinals in Division Two, and uh, there really aren't any bad teams left at this point. It's all it's all teams that um, have had great seasons and, and have a chance to to go all the way here. Yeah, it, and I mean, I know we have a lot of teams in our area, but the, certainly the, the mid state, the Nashville area, is right in the thick of a lot of these. You know, when you look a, across what I think uh, D1 or D2A, uh, D2AA, Class 6A, Class 5A. I mean, going to probably have some teams in those finals or certainly playing next week. So, um, yeah, it's it's good for us and it's good for fans around here. To, it's it's keeping everybody's interest. Absolutely. should be a fun final three weeks here. And just to give you guys an idea of what we're going to talk about today, first up, we've got just, just some playoff thoughts from last week and uh, looking ahead to this week. Then we're going to interview uh, Green Hill football coach Josh Crouch and um, hear about all the success they've had in just their second year as a program. They're 11-1 and one ahead of Friday's Class 5 quarterfinal game against Page. And then we will wrap the show, as we always do during football season, with picks uh, for this week's games. And we pick all 19 playoff games involving mid-state teams. So be sure to stick around for that. But first up, Tyler, uh, last week was uh, a pretty entertaining one um, across the mid-state and with the uh, the second round of the playoffs. Uh, was there anything that kind of stood out to you in particular? I, I guess I kind of go to the, to the two Metro teams that are still playing, um, Pearl Cone and East Nashville. I guess before I thought uh, East Nashville just kind of rolled past Waverly. I thought that game would be a little closer uh, and Pearl Cone at Hardin County without, you know, Pearl Cone not having Barry on Brown, that game could have gone the other way. So I guess going into last week's games, I, I sort of could have seen both of those teams losing it. I mean, in my mind, I, I obviously it didn't play out that way. East Nashville, uh, how about Amari on Ford with 296 yards rushing, 37 carries? Um, that is just that is impressive. The Eagles just keep rolling, and and you you get a big performance like that from your run game, and then Willie Wilson, who's he? I promise he'll be he'll be one of the faster, quicker guys you've seen all the season if you watch him. Uh, but he was out with an injury for most of the year. He had another punt return. I think he's had a touchdown in every game he's been back here. And I think he's returned two punts at least. So that's a pretty electric weapon to have on your side. And then uh, for Pearl Cone, not having Barry on Brown, we're, we're kind of – we being people who cover this are used to Brown just sort of taking over and doing everything. But without him, they got a big performance from Jaden Robinson, 224 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Uh, 
again, another guy who's been out with an injury this season, but rushed for over 700 yards last year. So a pro cone might just be a little deeper than we think they are. And I think that that sets up very, a very interesting showdown this week, going back to Tullahoma where they, where the Firebirds suffered their only loss this year. I think they've got a great chance to win that game. And if you're East Nashville, uh, you're hosting White House, a, a good White House team. And I, all of a sudden, just kind of what East Nashville showed us, I think they got a good chance to keep moving on. So uh, it's an interesting spot for the, the Metro teams to be in. It's, uh, that'll be fun to see how it plays out. Yeah, if if those if they both get through this week and they both play uh, next week, they're they're going to have a big spotlight because at that point there's well by that point there won't be really any other hardly any other Nashville teams in it uh, with with all the Division two teams having them by next week. Um, so that would be really cool for Metro football to a year later after their season was really messed up last year to have two teams in the semifinals. I think would be a, a great accomplishment, kind of for the oh, yeah. district. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on the other side of the coin, you know, we there's been some really impressive play from the private schools in the area too. And um, I think Davidson Academy de- deserves a shout out. They went on the road for a second week in a row and beat Knoxville Webb uh, the week before they beat ECS. So that makes two road wins in as many weeks in their first Division II AA playoff appearance. Of course, they won the past three Division II single A state titles and they moved up this year. And, um, it's kind of a big question mark of how they were going to do and how they're going to stack up. And they've stacked up pretty well uh, in that game against Knoxville Webb, Cortland Simmons, who's just been a, re- a revelation here. Uh, he rushed for 196 yards and two touchdowns, also had 91 receiving yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's picked up offers recently from Toledo and Vanderbilt. So he's uh, really an emerging star there for, for Davidson Academy. He moved um, from Missouri this summer, and he's been a huge piece to their success. And, also, you've got Rossview transfer Devontae Phillips at running back, and he had another big night, 151 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Um, so I think, yeah, regardless of what happens at Lipscomb Academy this Friday, and I, that's going to be obviously a really tall task, and um, we've seen what Lipscomb has kind of done to everybody this year. Regardless of that, I think, uh, you know, Davidson Academy at 8-4 and four, um, in their first year in a new division, I think that's uh, that's admirable. Um, and then on moving up to Division II AAA, another kind of upstart team, uh, Pope Prep finally got over their Brentwood Academy hurdle. Uh, they had lost to Brentwood Academy 17 times, including four times in the playoffs and including last year's quarterfinals in kind of a heartbreaking fashion in a game. They had a big lead, a, a big lead in that. Uh, I think they led by as many as 18 um, and then kind of blew it in the second quarter and the second half. Uh, but anyways, all that's kind of uh, can be forgiven now because they won 24-21 last week on a 24-yard field goal by Andrew Southard, uh, one of the finalists, semifinalists for kicker of the year. And so now Pope Prep is in the Division II AAA semifinals for the first time ever. Um, and they've got to go on the road to Macaulay, which that's going to be a tough one. Um, they kind of got run out of their own place against Macaulay uh, a couple weeks ago. Macaulay had a 37-3 to lead at halftime. So that was pretty tough. But the Knights did, you know, and they pointed this out to me when I was doing some interviews at the end of that game um, on Friday, that they have some confidence going into this game because they actually won the second half, um, 24-21, and evidently McCauley left a decent amount of their starters in for the second half as well. So uh, who knows? You know, that would be a huge upset if they were able to go on the road and and knock off McCauley. But regardless, uh, Pope Preps was able to take the the next step as a program and – that was really big for them to do that. 
Yeah, I'm kind of ready for a big surprise upset. I don't know. I mean, am, am I just am I forgetting one here? To, am I wrong to say that there really hasn't been anything? I mean, there have certainly been some lower seeds over some higher seeds, and I would I would say Clarksville over Cane Ridge was one I didn't pick. That's a four over a one. But have you been surprised or stunned by? No, there hasn't been anything, anything like shocking yet. I and and maybe we need to knock on wood for that because um, still got some games left here. But yeah, no, there. I remember a couple of years ago, and I, you know, I forget which teams it was. It was, but I think it's either one, class one A or two A. There was a, you know, a one and nine or a two and eight team that beat like an undefeated team in the first round. Mm-hmm. We haven't had anything that crazy, um, but man, it would be fun. It would be fun if there was a, a an upset like that. And I don't know where that will come from, but you know, you'd think that Pope Prep would definitely give a better showing at Macaulay this week, and um, you know, we give our picks for the games later on, and. There are several toss-ups, so I guess we'll kind of just see how how things play out this Friday. Well, with that, let's get on to our coach interview with Green Hills' Josh Crouch. All right, we are joined now by Green Hill coach Josh Crouch. Josh, thanks for joining us. As we know, your program is is just two seasons old. Uh, I, I just, When I think of the work that you as coaches have had to do, it actually kind of makes me tired. Um getting a getting a high school football program off the ground but you guys are the newest high school in wilson county how has this group specifically you've been through the regular season how has this group responded to its first postseason uh yeah no i'm you know we're we're extremely blessed to be in the position we're in right now and continue to play football and um giving these seniors a couple extra games uh to be together and play and uh lay a foundation but you know as far as prep went you know the first week felt like you know, we were trying to get accustomed a little bit to, you know, playoff football with it being cold outside and, you know, some of the things that we had to do a little different, you know, deal with a little bit more element rain and uh, some of those things as you start to get into the uh, the month of November. And, um, you know, the first week kind of felt like it was kind of getting an understanding how it works. You know, we had to change the practice schedule a little bit because, you know, health is the most uh, important uh, part of the day or important part of the season at this point is making sure everybody's able to play. Um, but um, you know, the last two weeks have been uh, phenomenal. I think mean, they're excited to come out to practice. And, uh, you know, they, they're looking at it as, a, as a, another opportunity to uh, to play another week. So we tell them they got four guaranteed days. The fifth one is the playoff game. And then after that, you know, there's no there's no guarantee. So uh, we're just holding on to, you know, being in the moment right now and uh, live, soaking it all in and, uh, and hopefully, you know, going out and competing well enough to, to be able to play another week. Josh, I'm curious, with all the milestones and accomplishments your team has had this season, um, have you had to pinch yourself at all lately? And, and did you ever think that a trip to the state quarterfinals was possible here in year two as a program? You know, we didn't set goals as far as, you know, where we wanted to be and, and playoff-wise. We, you know, we, we more hold us to standards and expectations instead of goals. I feel like goals are, you know, a little arbitrary where, you you know, if you do accomplish it, what, what's next? You know what I mean? So it's uh, – you know, we, we kind of set the standard of just playing Green Hill football, you know, executing at a high at a high rate, having fun when we're playing, uh, understanding our assignments, and then let the chips fall as they may. But, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I believe there's a lot of people that had us, you know, fighting for that fourth, fourth spot um, in the playoffs. Uh, I, I felt good about our team early because I knew how much was returning uh, from the year before and uh, string, stringing some, some wins together in 2020 and playing some teams that we played uh, – you know, try to get these kids a little bit more of a, you know, okay, this is what I need to do in the offseason to get here. Um, you know, we, we had some of those things that 
Um, we returned nine of, uh, of 11 on offense and turned, returned 10 of 11 on defense and felt like we had a pretty good shot of, of gelling together, knowing who our kids were, uh, figuring out what they do best and uh, putting them in positions to, to compete. So, uh, you know, I, the milestones have been great. I've, I've really had to, you know, I, my wife has had to tell me a little bit of being able to sit back and just enjoy it because we want to get, I'm so excited about getting to the next week and preparing for the next game, but um, you know, we we've got to go back and tell our kids, you know, be be, you know, be happy where we are. You know, realize where we came from. We're 23 games into our program, um, and about midway through, we're practicing outside on concrete pavement, and you know, at middle schools, at youth parks, at churches, um, and being able to accomplish this is a you know a little bit of a testament to our kids and our. Uh, you know, mainly our coaches uh, of, of putting together such great game plans every week. Josh, correct me if I'm wrong. When we spoke, now Cade Mahoney, he won a uh, a quarterback competition in this preseason, right? Yeah, yes, he did. So he, yeah. So I mean, it's not like you guys you brought back a lot of guys who were playing last year who had experience, but you're breaking in a. I don't know, a new face at quarterback. I mean, those are that alone. To, a switch can be kind of tough for some teams what's something that you've learned about Cade uh through the quarterback competition and now through 12 games uh you know Cade in my opinion when you think of him you think of competitor um just wants to win regardless of what his role is uh you know I think last year he was ineligible coming over he would have he would probably competed last year as well uh being a sophomore uh, to be able to play, but you know it was uh, was deemed ineligible from playing some freshman football at a previous school uh, and coming over to a new high school uh, from varsity football. But you know, put his head down, worked every day in practice, uh, had a great JV spring or year last year, uh, and and put together some good film. Um, and then whenever he had the opportunity to come in and fall, or I guess in the spring last year uh, to start competing, man, he was he just took it all he took it all over and. Um, you know, really didn't look back. It was, you know, we were keeping track. It was such a slim margin. We were keeping track of, you know, pluses and minuses on, uh, you know, grades and attendance and being late and, you know, things like that. Is what ended up separating the two uh, in that quarterback battle. So uh, it was very tight. It was a very uh, close race. And, uh, you know, we charted every throw they took in practice, every team, every scrimmage, every seven on seven. Uh, charted all of them, and uh, Kate ended up coming coming out and prevailing. But uh, you know, as far as he he goes, just as a player, he's just a overall competitor and uh, is a good runner. Um, you know, I haven't seen him tackled one on one yet, and uh, you know, he, he our kids love our kids love to fight for him because he's an even kill kid. He always gives praise to somebody else, um, and he and he's somebody that'll never get too rattled. So when um, you got a kid back there at quarterback that that, that stays you know composed it settles a lot of people down no matter what the situation you're in. So Green Hill has now won 11 straight games, but they've been kind of living on the edge these past three weeks with close wins over Mount Juliet, Franklin County, and Columbia. Josh, what do you make of the way that your team has just kept finding ways to win uh, these past few weeks? Uh, yeah, I mean, we come back a little bit from behind against Mount Juliet. Uh, you know, special teams comes up and prevails big in that game. Uh, Franklin County, you know, held the lead for the you know majority of the game. Uh, I don't think we got down, but once in the second quarter uh, and, fought and fought the entire game. Franklin County came out, scored some points on us. That was the most we've given up uh, all the way dating back to last year, I believe. Father Ryan uh, had scored the most against us, and that was 48 also in that game. So, um, you know, that, that was that was 
a little bit of eye-opening for this year, especially the, the way that our defense had played throughout the whole year. Um, but, you know, the, the biggest thing is, is in playoff football, the, you know, stats are great, but the only, the only thing that matters is the win. So, um, you know, Columbia last week, uh, in, you know, we had a pick six on offense, so we ended up holding that team to 10 points. Uh, and the first play of the drive, they, they throw a 73-yard uh, post route that we tackle on the five-yard line, and we make them kick a field goal uh, from there. And then the first play of the second half, or not the first play, the first series of the second half, uh, they scored uh, on, a, on a little bit of a drive that started on our own 50, or I guess their 40, moving into 60 yards. But, uh, you know, giving up 10 points to a team that last four or five weeks has scored 35. Um, felt like we were playing pretty well there too, but uh, you know, team-wise, it's going to take a team to you know, get to win football games. Being in this month, being in November, uh, it could be a penalty here, it could be the ball on the ground here, it could be you know, small, minute details. Uh, but the most important thing is just continue to win. I think the kids fight for each other. Um, they care for for each other, and they, you know, they don't want it to be done as, as much as as we as coaches don't want to be done. Is it? And if uh, players are leading it, I feel like that's you know, that's that's what you want is players to be invested to the coaches and that's that's what we have right now taking a look at what you guys face this week what's your impression of Paige's offense and have you pinpointed kind of a trick to slowing it down and and what's been your impression of the quarterback Jake McNamara for Paige uh, yeah I mean I think the only thing that will slow 10 down the McNamara kid is being on sideline so I you know he's he's impressive um, he, that whole football team is very impressive. They uh, high octane, throw it all over the place. Um, really fun to watch as a coach uh, to see a kid like that compete. Uh, you know, you don't get to see many Division One quarterbacks um, around around high school football, and uh, you can definitely tell when you flip the tape on against him. He's he's special. Uh, makes a lot of plays. Makes a lot of things happen with his feet too, and not only with his arm. Um, so we're you know we're gonna have a tough task and. Um, you know, at, at this point, we just got to try to, you know, if we can maintain the ball on offense and try to slow the game a little bit down and see if we can keep him on the sideline a little bit. And, you know, when we have opportunities to make 50-50 balls, we got to make them. We got to win those. We got to win those things to be sound on defense. So, um, you know, I don't know if we can – I don't know the word stop is in McNamara's vocabulary. I don't know if anybody has all year. Um, even the loss they had to Independence, I believe they put up 38 points. So, um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game, and we just got to try to minimize all mistakes and see if we can sustain drives on offense. And so, Josh, we talked about your quarterback a few minutes ago, but I also wanted to hit on your running back, Junior Bra- Brax Lamberth. Uh, he's been your workhorse, a pretty solidly built kid who can handle about twenty carries per game. Um, how important has he been to the success you guys have had on offense and kind of establishing that well, that run threat? Yeah, I, I feel like it's and, you know, un- invaluable about what the run game can do uh, to a high school football team, especially when you have 17 out there, you know, you, as a defense preparing for, you know, what we do on offense, you've got to decide, do you want to, you know, do you want to roll an extra safety into the box and play Brax with seven in the box? Um, who's been running the ball? I think he's over 1,500 yards right now as, as a running back, a little bit over 15, I think 18 touchdowns right now. So as defense, you want to come up and you know take 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 advantage in the run game, get extra guy in the, in the box, and if you do that, then you know you got Carver and Aldridge and Staten uh, with Cade throwing the ball, uh, and you're putting your guys on one on one matchups there, or 
um, you know, or, or a light shell in the in the secondary. So, uh, you know, I think Coach Coach Coons done a phenomenal job of just taking whatever defense state is giving us and uh, allowing our kids to make plays, um, whether it's you know, throwing the ball or running the ball. Uh, but but Brax kind of ticks as far as those five offensive linemen go, and uh, those, that was the unit that we had coming back last year. That all five were starters. All five of them come back from last year, and uh, anytime you have an offensive line that is pretty. Uh, that is well coached, what is disciplined, has rules, and uh, all five of them gel really well together. You have you have a lot of success in the running game is uh, based on those five up front. So, uh, you know, Brax and Nico have done a phenomenal job for us this year. They're they're a heck of a runners. They're great running backs, um, and and that's really a testament to those five guys up front. And Josh, this is uh, it's it's interesting you mentioned that. And this is the last question, and we'll get you out of here, but. <clears throat> Running the ball is so important this time of year. You know, if you can just go in and you can kind of simplify a football game if you can just control the, you know, control the clock and control the ball and, and run it really well. But take take us kind of into the mind of a coach here. There are so many highlights for opposing coaches to scout by this point in the season in November. How many special plays or offensive formations or special packages or wrinkles, whatever you want to call them, how much of that do coaches hold back to this point of the season to try and surprise people at this point or or have, co- have have teams just kind of already shown who they are well you know I, I think you always try to carry one or two things you feel like is uh you, know, you prepare for the team that you're about to play and I think you always carry one or two things in there you know we've we we've had to lay all chips on the table the last three or four weeks so we've we've shown that we can run bracks we've shown some trick plays we've shown some reverses some onside kicks on special teams Sam with some fake field goals you know at this point, you feel like you've got to, you know, whatever you got to do to win, you know, those you don't want to save them. Um, you know, you don't want to have uh, anything going into the off season where you wish you would have, you know, tried to make a, a play here or there. So, you know, I think you have the skeleton of what a program is and what they want to do. Uh, but I think every week, you know, you've got to be willing to uh, at least expand a little bit uh, based on the personnel uh, of what they can take away from you and then also what you can take advantage of. Uh, based on your plan week to week. Josh, thanks so much. Great stuff, man. Hey, Josh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Good luck this week. That should be a great one. Uh, Paige travels to Green Hill. Main Street Preps is going to have somebody there. Uh, That should be a good one. And, hey, good luck as you you keep building this program. It's been fun for people to follow along. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you all for allowing us to get a little spotlight on our kids and and push them out there. I appreciate you all. Anytime. That is Green Hill coach Josh Crouch. All righty, Tyler, it's time to make some picks now for the third round of the playoffs. And uh, we'll just go class by class, uh, all the mid-state, all the games involving mid-state teams here. And I'll just start it out by saying there's a lot of road teams that I picked this week. Of the 19 games that we've got listed here, I actually picked eight road teams to win. Um, so we'll see if that holds, but a lot of good, a lot of high seeds are uh, traveling this week. And we'll start out in, in class uh, 1A. I've got South Pittsburgh over Gordonsville and Fayetteville over McKenzie. Both of those teams are at home, though. Yeah, I've got, I've got the same ones there, Russell. I agree. Then moving on to two-way, I've got Trousdale over Watertown, uh, getting them back for the regular season meeting that, uh, that Watertown won. Then I've got Riverside going on the road to Forest and getting a win. Yeah, I've got I've got Watertown in that one, uh, and but I also, I've got Riverside. Cool. Three A, I've got Giles County over Loudon and East Nashville over White House. I have those 
exact same results. I still think White House East Nashville uh, will be closer than East Nashville's first two games. But uh, man, the way the way that East has been playing, um, I, I I like them to win. Yeah, how about a potential East Nashville Alcoa 3A final? That might be uh, an interesting one there. Right. Class 4A, I've got Upperman going on the road and beating Red Bank, and Pearl Cone going on the road and beating Tullahoma to get them back for the uh, three-point Tullahoma win in the regular season meeting. Yeah, I've got the same ones. I, I think the Pearl Cone-Tullahoma game is pretty – that's pretty interesting. I think that could be another close game, but I, I think Pearl Cone's going to win. Class 5A, we've got Page over Green Hill and Springfield over Henry County. Yeah, I've got I've got those same ones. I think Page Green Hill is kind of a tough one to pick. I'm I've seen Page twice, but I haven't actually watched Green Hill in person. So, but I I, I like I think Page is just gonna is gonna go in there and squeak one out. Now on to 6A, Oakland beating Lebanon on the road. It's weird to see Oakland on the road there at Lebanon, but that's how the the bracket set up this year. And then Hendersonville over Beach and Summit over Ravenwood. Both of those are rematches from earlier in the season as well. Yeah, I've got those two, and I, I hope that I, that those are good games. But I, I don't know. Uh, I'm worried that maybe a couple of them could get lopsided. To be honest with you. Yeah, when they were as lopsided as those two were in the regular season, it's hard to it's hard to pick an upset now. Several weeks later. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Division Two, Tyler? This is where things are uh, getting really spicy here. They're down to the nitty-gritty, down to the final four in each of these brackets, and the winners are going to, like we said at the top of the show, punch their ticket to Chattanooga and be making hotel re- reservations by Friday night or Saturday. Um, first up is DCA over USJ is my pick there, and then Nashville Christian heading down I-24 and beating Middle Tennessee Christian. So I've got both the road teams in that to set up an all-Nashville area uh, Division Two single-A final. Yeah, I've got the same. I've got the same ones. DCA and Nashville Christian. I think Nashville Christian has played a lot better uh, since it failed to score a touchdown in that regular season finale at DCA. So that'll be a fun. That'll be a fun rematch based on what the way they played the first one. Um, not very good conditions, but it was this close game, and it wasn't pretty, but it was certainly close. I think that's going to be a, that could be a great state finals. In fact, that Thursday of Division Two Blue Cross Bowls could be a lot of fun for your private school Nashville area football fans because in Division Two AA, I've got CPA beating Lausanne and Lipscomb Academy beating Davidson Academy uh, to set up a rematch of last year's Division Two AA uh, championship game. And that one's going to be played at 11 a.m. And then right after that is the Division Two Single A um, championship. So... If all of those picks, if all four of my picks hold there, and I'm assuming you've got Lipscomb and CPA as well, Tyler. Yeah, uh, I would. I just don't think there's any reason to pick against either of those two. They've they've played like the class of the of their classification, and I think they've kind of earned the t- the role or earned the the title of being the the favorites to reach that game. So we're correct on all four of those picks, and that should be a really fun uh, early session there at uh, Chattanooga. You'll have. Potentially CPA playing Lipscomb Academy and then DCA Nashville Christian right after that. So definitely worth the trip um, down there for those games. And finally, Division II AAA. This one is always uh, a bit of a crapshoot because all the teams are um, really good. But Hope Prep uh, coming off that win against Brentwood Academy has to travel to Macaulay, who um, you know I have to think is the state favorite. And so I'm, I'm going to stick with Macaulay in that one. And then I've got NBA beating Christian Brothers at home on Friday. 
Yeah, I've got the same ones. I don't Pope Prep. Uh, I, that'd be pretty entertaining if they had a big road upset left in them. Um, but coming off a real emotional game, especially last week, and then Macaulay the way they've played this year, I think that's going to be a tough game to win. And I like NBA to advance past Christian Brothers there, so uh, setting up a entertaining rematch there between NBA and Macaulay. That that ought to be a good game. I mean, they they played it. They played good win the regular season, too. Yeah, only lost by three points in that game. And really, ever since then, NBA's just been on a on a complete hot streak here, and they've not been able to be touched. Um, so we'll see if they can keep that rolling this week. But now that we've gotten through the picks, that is going to be the end of today's episode. So we appreciate everybody tuning in. And be sure to follow all of our coverage this week at MainStreetPreps.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at MainStreetPreps. And find us on Facebook just by typing in Main Street Preps. So thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you back here next week on the podcast. You've been listening to the Main Street Preps podcast, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee, with your hosts, Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.